fucking All right. some sort of spiel. So you said to look up Panzer Dragoon Saga. Eh? Yeah. Alright, Panzer... You've been, you've, you've been waiting for this for so freaking long. Panzer Dragoon Saga. Yeah. Sega Saturn complete. $999.99. Suck <laughs> my dick. <laughs> you fell for it. Your prediction was true. It's gonna fall short of Penny. <laughs> this is bullshit, I boys. Him. I cursed him. <laughs> I am a god. I think. I, I feel like this is one of those. I things, can't believe this. I think this is one of those things where the more like it, it, it's like the more you want it, the less likely it's going to happen. <laughs> I hate. This. You know what's funny though? On Hangouts, I did say it's gonna be off by a penny. You're yeah. I know you predicted this. You <laughs> asshole. This is so, so basically oh you're god. the reason. It's I been cursed doing him, this. and I am awesome yeah. for it. <laughs> I can't believe I can't wait this. until it falls like twenty dollars too. Yeah, right. It's never gonna. Like it, it's nine, that's nine seventy nine. That's the peak, and <laughs> then it's just ceiling. gonna trickle. Oh, oh god, that's funny. God damn I it! I love being able to torment you. Like I know this is great. You're I'm some just, sort of sorcerer. I'm just, I'm just enjoying it while it's happening, because <sighs> obviously it's not gonna last forever. The mm. worst. Yeah. No, the only way he's gonna make a go over a thousand is buying another copy now. <laughs> Jamie, you know, you know that new watch you want it? Now, I'm buying another copy of Panzer Dragoon for 1,010. Just it. to get it over. Do it. And then he's going to be like, what the fuck do I do? Well, I sell it. Sell the second copy. I'll sell the second copy for when it reaches 1,500. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. To another PTG Powercast. I loved what you did there. You pointed as if we were looking at the camera. It's habit. No camera. <laughs> no camera. Yes. PTG Powercast. Uh, yeah. As we said in the opening. God damn it. God damn it, boys. <laughs> so, so to put a little bit of history on this. So we have talked about video game prices in the past with yeah. video games. And there was a point where we thought that games were going up so fast price-wise. Retro gaming had really hit their stride. And we thought that it was a bubble that was going to burst. And at one point, it actually did feel like the bubble had slightly burst, or it maybe even deflated. De deflated, It yes. deflated, where the, the, the price of certain games all started going down. And we thought, oh, okay, finally, things are starting to level out, and that's going to be it for all of these, these increased prices. Things yeah. are now finally going to settle back down. Well, we're finding that there are other systems now that are really starting to hit the renaissance and the prices of them are going up so astronomically that we just it's hard to fathom how some of these games have just increased in price so drastically and one of those games being Panzer Dragoon Saga yes so at the 20 uh, 16 or 2017 Midwest Gaming Classic, basically before we started recording mm -hmm. for the channel, uh, I had bought Panzer Dragoon Saga for $400. It was yep. the only copy there. Yep. That's what the, it was. It was a, a. I think it was the only copy I had ever actually seen mm -hmm. because that game was not common. No, it, it wasn't. Yeah. No, so like you never saw it, even at the Midwest Gaming Classics. I, I think knew we had be... seen one other one, but it was disc only. That could be. It was mm. incomplete. Yeah. Mm. Which is a uh, travesty, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Like, how do you own that game without anything? Yeah. yeah. But I bought it for 400 and that was steep back then. Like, it, it was. It felt high. Well, lo and behold, fast forward, what, four years, three or four years later, it's basically doubled and then some in value. But the funny thing is, though, is that it feels like that game 
it was four hundred when you got it. Like it was around that price. Yeah. Um, and then after a year, like it's been slowly climbing. Like it was, it got to five hundred, and then it got to six hundred, and and this was over the course of like multiple years. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, it just was like screw you and it went from 600 and it's just jumped now to like over 900 dollars. yeah over 900 <laughs> and so it had to happen i'm sorry and so andy is very excited at the prospect <sighs> of him owning a game that is over a thousand dollars yeah and <laughs> he that. still does not have the honor of having a game that's over a thousand dollars so we're one penny away we're, yeah let's say we're recording this on july 4th Happy 4th of July, boys. Happy 4th. Uh, July 4th of 2020, and I am one penny shy of owning a, th- a, a game that's worth a grand. <laughs> but the, it's so funny because, and I believe we've mentioned this before, it's like, like I said, that's the only copy I saw at that convention that year. Mm-hmm. Well, then the next year I saw two copies, and they were for like 550 you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then the year after that, like, there were like maybe four or five copies there. And then at the last one we went to, any table that had rare Saturn games more than likely had Panzer Dragoon Saga. It was kind of like when we were trying to find, um, like, Little Samson or, or Bong's Z- Adventure. Or Xenosaga. Or, yeah, or Xenosaga. Like, all of a sudden, these games are surfacing out of nowhere when they're at their most expensive. I uh, this that's, I think there's some level of market manipulation that happens at some of the conventions. Not, not really that, but... Um, Rule of Rose was another one. Yes, but that is actually, I mean... There's a reason for that, is that people knew that Panzer Dragoon Saga was a rare game, yeah. and they were holding on to it, and when the price gets high enough, that's when people are like, alright, it's hit that threshold, I gotta try and sell this now. And you get a lot of like-minded people doing that same thing, that's why you see more of them on the, the market now. Yeah. And and you're probably going to see more on the market with, as the prices continue to rise, because it has finally hit that threshold for other people now who say, okay, once this game hits $1,000, then I'm going to sell my copy, and then you're going to start seeing additional copies. I suppose so. Because, but, I don't know. Like, $400 isn't... There, I suppose that's the whole idea of the risk-reward thing, because there could be a time, you know, not that that one ever would. And who's to say that they're not happy selling it at, what, $400 yeah. or something like that? Like, maybe. that was their that was their, their moment. And yeah. some people are like, no, maybe this game is rarer than that. I think it's going to go up, so I'm just going to hold on to this in a, you know, a bin at my house. And, hey, sure enough, it went up a couple, uh, another $100 or, or another couple hundred dollars. The so, other, other possibilities, right. too, is... People like cleaning out basements or stuff like that, and mm-hmm. finding, oh, I got all these old games. I don't, I don't, don't want them. Don't, don't give a shit. And then just find some like store to go secondhand, sell them off, and all of a sudden there's a couple more copies of stuff they don't know the value of mm-hmm. on the market. I suppose that's yeah. true. And because some of those stores won't be honest and just be like, oh, I'll give you, you know, the X amount for this this box, and they they're just like, whatever. I don't know what I have. I don't give a shit. That's true. I know a lot of sellers. I've seen that at rummage sales uh, yeah. a lot. A lot of sellers, though, I would say are more honest than not. Like, oh yeah. Like if you bring it to like a hobby store. Or something like if if you brought your copy to Coliseum, I'm sure they would be like, "Listen, this is worth a if, lot of money. Here's what I could give you, but I think you would do better selling this on your on, own. On your yeah. own, you would get more for it. Mm-hmm. Not that I mean I don't know that for a fact, but I'm assuming a, an honest seller would do something like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, here's here's the funny thing, and and why I often like I feel bad for the people who own video game stores because. 
if you go to a, a finite resource. Well, no, not yeah. not just that. If you go to a store and we'll take and, and we'll take Panzer Dragoon Saga and we'll say it's a thousand dollars for yeah. the game, they bring it to yeah. Fuck off. It's not. <laughs> it's not. Um, I'll get there. They'll bring it to the store and they'll say, hmm, like. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, this is a, a, a $1,000 game, and they'll say, well, I will offer you $500 or $600. We'll say $600 for it. And they're like, well, no, you just told me it's $1,000, so give me 1000 for it. It's like, no, that's not that's not how yeah. it works. Right. You get $600, and if I sell this game for 1000 that means that I get $400. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah, if I give you $1,000 and I can only sell this game maybe for 1050 or 1100 then you're making $1,000. i am making $100 to $50. Like, right. So then if you want to, it's like, I can offer you this, but if you want to get more for it, then you're going to have to sell it yourself because I need to I need to make profit too. Yeah. And so instead of like, okay, you made 600 I made $400, we are both happy because we both made like... A, a quite a bit of money. It's like the person who's trying to sell it is like, well, no, it's worth a thousand. Why aren't you giving me a thousand? Because why, it well, doesn't I mean, work that unfortunately, way. Unfortunately, I, I don't know why, but I, for every like good place you'll find that'll be honest about it, I guarantee you, there's two or three sleazy ones. Oh, there That's might why, be. As there much as be, we but... shit on GameStop, you know, their system of trade-ins are blunt and they're made upfront. sense, and they're upfront yeah. about all the shit. Yeah, and their their trade-in values made sense in a business standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, a game that you bought for sixty, you'll get maybe five dollars on after the fact. Well, you know, chances are at that point in time when you've sold that, the game's not worth sixty anymore. It's first of all pre-owned, so it's going to be cheaper. Yep. And chances are this might be a few years down the road when the game is already at thirty dollars. Yeah, if that. Mm-hmm. So it's like really. It, it makes sense from a business standpoint why they gave you so little money for trade-ins mm-hmm. when you know, like you said, they have to make a profit. They yeah. need to survive. Mm-hmm. So that's your right. honestly, price charting kind of fucks with it people's does. heads a little bit. And honestly, I will cut uh, GameStop some slack too because people think, oh, well, it's, it's not all just about their their used games. They can make money on uh, the other games that they sell. They don't realize that when they're buying new games wholesale, like they're paying. $55 or $50 for that game. So they're literally only making like 5 to $10 profit per game that they're selling. 45 per new games. Well, whatever they, they it is, they're like, not making all they, that much money on like new games. They only make like 15 bucks per new yeah. game or something They're not like making that. all that much money, which is why they push the used games because that's where the money has always been for them. Yeah. Right. I think we talked about that before in an episode where their new games are not where they make money. It's all of their used it's stuff the used and then stuff. they're thinking shit. Yep. But that's, yeah, that's a different topic. But... Before we go on, yeah, I found a way we can make his copy worth a thousand dollars. I'm gonna tape a penny to the case. Fuck off! Say, yeah, put a, put a penny in the case. Yeah, there you go. And technically, I I I say it's a thousand. I'm never gonna sell it. No, so obviously. really, the game's not worth anything. To fuck with you. I know you're a dickhead. <laughs> game's not worth anything to you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that's still it's mm-hmm. it's one of those pride things where it's like this is I bought it for this, but now it's worth this. That's yeah. amazing. I also that, think that's really. that's where stuff like the price charting actually, like Paul was saying, kind of fucks with people because assessed and perceived value are different from actual tangible value. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So. And that's going to vary by from you know not only from individual but from place you're trying to sell it 
to place to place. So mm-hmm. well, and also too, you start getting those people who then think that they're experts in in yeah. the system and stuff. Because let's say a copy of Little Samson sells for twelve hundred dollars, and then somebody just finds like a stack of Nintendo games and they're like, "Well, these are worth a lot because one just sold last week for twelve hundred dollars. So <laughs> these have to be valuable." It's like no. eh, it doesn't work that way. You got Super Mario Brothers and Mario Brothers Duck Hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not gonna get twelve hundred bucks for that. Button. Nope. Sorry. Yeah, at that point, <laughs> yeah. supply matters. And... Right. But the, a lot of this, this uh, another one that, that was extremely surprising, and I cannot fucking believe this is happening to me. So, at our very first Classic, I had passed on buying a couple games because I had already spent over a grand that weekend on video games. I had just bought my Vita. I had bought Shining Force 3 at the convention. I had bought Sokoden 2 at the convention. I had bought a few others here and there. So basically, my I spent a lot of money. I had to borrow money from Paul, actually. Yes, you did. Um, Several hundred dollars. <laughs> so I passed on two particular games, and I remember them very distinctly because I kicked myself both times. Magic Knight? Dragon, Dragon Force was one of them. And, of course, Magic Knight Ray Earth. Has any game that I've seen taken such a meteoric rise in price than Magic Knight fucking Ray Earth? No. In two, what was the first time we went to a convention? 2013? Uh, yes. Or 2012? I think, no, I think it was actually, it was either 13 or 14. I want to say it was 13. Well, thir- no, uh, fourteen was I when I put fourteen is when I put the collection together. Yeah, like when I he went it. the first year without us, didn't no, he? No, I didn't. No, he didn't. No, I never went to oh. to a Midwest Gaming Classic without we you. We might guys. have gone even earlier than that then. Then two thousand twelve. I feel like because we were still we didn't finish the collection the first year we went. Well, and the first I, I know year the we first, went, it was still inside the, the first, Vader Hall. The first yeah. year you guys went, I didn't go with. I no, know that no. much. I went the second year, and that's when that's yeah. put. And the second. No, yeah. I don't think you were was, there with us for yeah, that second year. Because it was in that stack of the pile this way, and you immediately saw the cover art and knew what it was. I didn't think you were there for that. That, that was year. that's that's the one the first year I went. Mm. Were you was it out in the tent the first year you went out with us? No, because then we went down and in, they had like the pinball and stuff still in the basement. Yeah, you might be right. So, and what year was that? Oh, that must God. have been 2012. Yeah, it must have been because 2014 was the year that it was out we, in that tent with all the rain because yeah. I could not find. I was literally missing only two games: Kiwi Craze yeah. and, and Eliminator Boat, Boat Duel. Duel. And I could not find Eliminator Boat Duel, so we stopped at New Wave at the way on the way back <laughs> because I knew for a fact that game was going to be there. That's right. Uh, and then yeah, because yeah, we were making fun of him the entire time, while being like, "Watch, show up, and he doesn't have it anymore." <laughs> right? we almost, you remember almost, that? I remember <laughs> that. I remember that. Yeah. But Magic Knight Ray Earth at the time was about seventy dollars. Dragon Force, I believe, was fifty. Either way, I passed on these two games because I had already spent enough. Well, fast forward eight years later. Actually, not even eight. A couple of classics ago, because obviously there wasn't a Midwest Gaming Classic this year, so it must have been last year. Yeah. Um. The game was about $325. Our friend Vanderhoff had a buddy, or had a buddy who was selling his copy for $350. I passed on it again because, again, right after a classic, I had already spent $500. I was going to say, and and even then, like at that point, $350, that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of money to just up and say, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll buy that. Especially after I just tapped myself out on, you know, the classic. Mm hmm. So I passed on it again, and that was only a couple of years ago. Well, here we are, boys. 2020. 
Guess where that game's at now? It's like eight hundred and eight hundred and eighty-seven dollars. Oh, that's what it is. Eight 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 eighty-seven. Last week it was nine hundred and thirty-seven dollars, and you were joking, saying Magic Knight Ray Earth may surpass Panzer Dragoon Saga yeah. and hit a thousand before. Yep, I I said jokingly, I'm like, wouldn't it be the shit if if Magic Knight Ray Earth hit a thousand dollars before Panzer Dragoon Saga, and it was actually scarily looking like it, it was, was going to. to get there. I couldn't believe it. <clears throat> The game took such a fucking turn. Like, mm-hmm. it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Because that game has been $300 for the longest time, and now, all of a sudden, like... So, here we go. On price charting, it lists, like, the history of it. Yeah. April... Oh, no. Where are we here? We are at... It was $445 complete November of 2019. It was how much? 455 complete. Oh, okay. So... Literally doubled in like less than a year. April 2020, $500. Oh. Oh, wow. May 2020, $640. It's almost doubled literally in like two months. Two months. months. June 2020, $937. How? This thing is making $300 jumps in a matter of months. Yeah, I don't understand it. It's, it's, it blows my mind. So I'm convinced that's a game I will probably never own. Yeah. And it, it, it kills me because that's one I've heard is a really good game. Oh, sure. And yeah. it's one of those things where we talk about looking back at a game and when to pull the trigger. I should have pulled the trigger at 350. Yeah, but hindsight's always 2020, though. Yeah, of course. There is no there's no way we could have known that this was going to happen. Otherwise, hell, at, at $200, like I would have stocked up on every copy that I could have gotten. My eyes may need glasses, but my brown eye doesn't, you know. Hindsight, get it, boys. The brown eyes sees twenty twenty. Fuck. You making fun of brown eyes? <laughs> I have brown eyes. I have hazel eyes, so I got green and brown. Boys. I have green and mine as but well. But mine are mine are just straight brown. You're full of shit up to there, then. No, oh, I'm That's really not. Kevin is, or Kevin's full of shit. <laughs> you both are. You're both shit. All right. That's why I'm growing <laughs> up. That's why my parents. You got brown eyes. It means you're full of shit up to here. <laughs> <laughs> That's clever. That's funny. But yes. So we this this whole this whole price thing of Magic Knight Ray Earth and Panzer Dragoon we've been following for for a couple months now and it's it kind of started to get us looking at prices of other things, which is kind of where this first segment's going to go. Is so Nintendo and Super Nintendo and Genesis, obviously those games have uh, their their bubble has kind of maintained. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like Little Samson's still about thirteen hundred, I think now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Flintstones at Dinosaur Peak, I think, is actually under eight hundred. I think it's seven seventy something. It's at this been point. it's been between six hundred yeah. and seven hundred for the longest time. Most of those games are holding yeah. true. Oh yeah. So we've noticed in the past few years, all of a sudden, PS One, PS Two games are exploding in price exponentially like and and we can't figure out why like we bought rule of rose for 250 Mm dollars just a few years ago and i remember (laughs) and and uh, (laughs) unfortunately we were kind of complaining about the price because we did feel like that was a little bit more than what we should have paid for it it should have been, I think it was like a $205 game <laughs> at the time. So we had said like, no, $225 would have been like a, like a fair price. I could see him trying to get like an extra 20 out of it. But he was charging $250. And he's like, hey, d- like like that's that's a fair price. And I'm looking at the at, at price charting. I'm like, that's not a fair price. That's, yeah. No, not compared to what, what it's going for now. But it's just, yeah, that one has, has jumped too. 
Yeah, it's doubled since we bought it. It has. It's, at, it's sitting at an even five hundred dollars complete. Mm-hmm. The loose discs are about they're at two twenty five. Yeah, so it, it's it, almost just disc only. What and, happened? Yeah. Like well, these games are all of a sudden just blowing yeah. up. Yeah, and you bought me um, Haunting Ground. Yeah, and you paid seventy dollars for it back then, and that was like one of the more expensive games on the PS two, and now that game is about three hundred dollars. It's, it's insane. It's, it's a hair over 300. So it's like, what the hell happened to these games? It's almost like Nintendo and Super Nintendo, for a while, they hit their stride where I think the the people our age... Well, let me, let me step back a little bit. Atari was the first system where games really started truly erupting in prices, where some of... What? No, I'll keep going with your thought. I'll, I'll hit you later. Where? Oh, great. Did something fall or go up? I went up. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, Come on, with you here, it's all, something's always going up. Ah, <laughs> sick. <Shut> up. <laughs> <laughs> I got you with that one. <laughs> but anyways, Atari was the first system that really kind of hit that stride where people were collecting specifically Atari 2600 games. There was a lot of games where they were like maybe over $1,000, and it was because the, the collectors at that point they were the people who grew up playing the atari yeah. and that's what they that's what they played and so then they were at that age where they could start affording more and throwing more money at their hobby like that so they did it well then the next one to hit that stride was a nintendo obviously where all of a sudden in like 2012 2013 2014 it really started hitting like things started going up meteorically like zombie nation which mm-hmm. um was like a 50 60 dollar game for the longest time then all of a sudden i remember seeing it was like 150 and i'm like what the hell happened actually that's what um, i wonder what is that now but um but the uh, so Nintendo had hit that stride where then the people who were now of that age where they could throw away a lot more of their disposable income on the hobby, they were the people who grew up playing Nintendo. So now I'm starting to wonder now that things have kind of uh, have have kind of stayed level or have kind of maintained in Nintendo, if PlayStation or PlayStation Two is now that next that next level where it's like the people who grew up in that era are now the ones who are finding that they have disposable income to then spend on these systems or, or on the games like PS2 um, Sega Saturn has been one that has just been just on fire yeah um, which is funny because Sega Saturn and Sega CD games have always been expensive like I feel like the vet like well, at least a lot depending on the company because I know I, a lot yeah. of working designs games are those have always expensive. been expensive. I think yes. with, with like Sega Saturn and Sega CD, I think those have always been more expensive because they were even when they were on the market a smaller share of the market. That's they true. did not have the popularity of the other systems, no. so their numbers have always been smaller. That is true. They were niche yes. systems. They so were, and they did not like, sell a lot of that'd copies. That'd be like going, like trying to get the stuff for like Jaguar or PC Engine. Yeah, those are Triple expensive brands. because they were such tiny systems in comparison to everything else. Well, even back then, I wanted an Atari Jaguar because um, I remember they we were went expensive. Yeah, and I went least. and I went. Uh, we went to that that uh, store in. Uh, Green Bay once, yeah. and they had one, but it was like two hundred and fifty dollars. So even back then, the system was super expensive. Yeah. Uh, let alone the games that you could find for it, because there's just not that many games for the Atari the, Jaguar yeah. out there. Turbo Graphics was expensive too. Yes, it was. I mean, yep. that was an, an insanely expensive system, even 
back then. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it's still the games and it are still expensive. Are now. Still, yep, still expensive. Oh, uh, yep. so the one thing I had seen. So we were talking about uh, NES, SNES, and Genesis. Um, the first year we recorded the Midwest Gaming Classic for the channel, mm-hmm. you and I's big ticket games were Crusader Senti, Castlevania Dracula X. Do you remember okay. what we paid for? I paid 160 for uh, Castlevania Dracula X, and yep. you, they had 200 on it, and because I bought Castlevania Dracula X, they gave you 20 bucks off your game. 180 is what you paid for Crusader of Senti. You oh, I s- thought I paid less than that. No, you I, paid 180. I thought I paid like 170. I thought no, I paid less you than paid, that. No, you paid 180 for it. So, Crusader of Senti, 340 loose. Holy moly. Dracula X, 200. It it hit two hundred. Hit two hundred. Oh my well, one ninety nine. Oh, okay. But still, that's insane. Like, uh, but wow. Uh, so that it's like that game's been one hundred and fifty for the longest time. Yeah. So even I suppose there are some exceptions to it, but because I mean Crusader Senti, I remember was about two hundred for the longest time. Same with like mm-hmm. Earthbound. Oh yeah. And those, and I remember mm-hmm. being shocked seeing like Earthbound or uh, uh, Chrono Trigger being over a hundred bucks because I always yeah. remember that not being that expensive, but I I guess it is. No, it it always has been. Yeah. So yeah, I we yeah I think PS one and two are starting to get their well, their bubble, mm-hmm. and I think part of it too is um, I know you and I had talked about it. Mm-hmm. So everyone that or and I, it's not just the people that 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 those were their systems growing up that are now having disposable income to collect and stuff. I also think that other like video game collectors in general, it's one of those things where where. The ones that are collecting, like you guys are, have hit the point where all you have left is the super rare... Big ticket items. Big ticket, like, multi-hundred dollar games, and that's all you have left to get. Well, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, do I want to spend, say, $600 to get one game, or I could turn and take that $600 and go to PS1, PS2, like, Saturn, stuff like that, and now I can get four or five games... So, so people yeah. were shifting going, okay, I've only got these big ones and they're harder to get, but I can start collecting over here on this other system, sort of like you did with the Game Boy, mm-hmm. where you just kind of shifted your attention over. Mm-hmm. So they shifted to a different system saying, well, I remember kind of playing these kind of as well, so well, you know, I'll start collecting towards these, and all of a sudden people saw that those were starting to be taken up in the market, and all of a sudden, you know, then they realized, and then, or uh, because of like streaming and stuff, they'll... You'll see like games that weren't really well known. Like Extermination's a great example. Yeah. Not really well known when it released, but like as stuff gets known, like the smaller gems like that are starting to be found. Well, yeah, and that's like uh, uh, Quan is a perfect example. Yeah. yeah. The PlayStation Two is it was a survival horror game. A lot of people didn't even realize it was, it had come out when it did, and now all of a sudden word is spreading, and you see more people making YouTube videos about these obscure gems that you never heard of before, and then that's making people go out and find them. And yeah. now you've got a game that is five hundred and twenty-five dollars complete. Yeah. And it's like, well, where the hell did it come from? Yeah. Speaking of uh, Game Boy ones. Uh... If I were you, I'd jump on Amazing Tater before anything else happens to it at two seventy three or whatever. Right. It's well, that one has always been yeah. like it's it's been between um, two hundred and three hundred for the longest yeah. time. So, but now yeah. might be the, ch- the time to uh, pull that trigger because yeah, I know if this is any indication, we might start seeing a rise. And yeah. I remember one of the big reasons you liked Game Boy is because 
you could go with a hundred dollars and get a good stack See, of games off your list. It felt, it felt like, like that's the, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Where you could take the six hundred, yeah. and I can get multiple games over here or one game over here. Yeah, it literally felt like the old times of like I could I could go to GameStop when they were still selling Nintendo games, and a lot of their games like I would buy the ninety nine centers and one twenty nine and go to those bins where they're all just yeah. loose and you could just. And I literally remember several times where I would walk in and I would spend thirty dollars, but I would come out with a stack of like fifteen cartridges. Yeah, yeah. And it's it felt like that with the Game Boy is that I could literally and and a lot of them it's like people just have like the bins of loose Game Boy games, and sometimes there's gems in there. Yeah, and two because three dollar price yeah. tags. And, and yeah, but uh, no, I'm I'm scared when. Uh, when when the word gets out and all of a sudden it's like the Game Boy just kind of erupts like no I felt like I was in this safe little zone where nobody mm-hmm. knew about it. Yeah. That's why like I'm happy we collected when we did because even when I look at some like Dot Hack Part Four, yeah, uh, Quarantine, mm-hmm. I bought that at Coliseum Games for I want to say it was about ninety bucks. Yeah, I remember it was in the case. Some guy standing there looking at the case and he's like ninety bucks. Who the fuck's gonna pay that for this? And Andy's over there like oh. I'll buy it. Yeah. Right here, buddy. It's like, right here. I'll take that. <laughs> we, we talked to everybody who were, was working at the shop, and he's like, I'll take it. <laughs> and I want to say now, Dot Hack Quarantine Complete, which is what I bought it for, $244. Wow. So it's yeah. like I'm kind of in that same vein you are with the Nintendo, where it's like I'm glad I collected the crap I did when I wanted to, because now, like I said, I have pop full mail. For the Sega CD, I bought it for about $125. Well, that game's now 350 bucks. Here's the scary thing for my Game Boy stuff is um, Spud's Adventure. Mm-hmm. I bought that game like a little bit less than a year ago. And it, right now it's on price charting for $283. It's more than Amazing Tater. Yeah. Guess wow. how much I paid for it. I don't know. 25 bucks. $102. So it was already doubled. It was already yeah. It was it was an expensive game. It it, it was always Spud's Adventure and Amazing Tater because I think Amazing Tater was actually the sequel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never even heard of those. Yeah, they're like puzzle games. It's it's uh, kind of like Lolo. Yeah, it's called Puzzle Boy and Puzzle Boy Two in Japan or something like that. Oh, yeah, but they just replaced them with Spuds. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> okay, but um, but yeah, I mean, it was always an expensive game, but I got it for a hundred and two dollars, and I thought, yeah, that's probably the more most expensive game i'll ever pay for the the game boy but Mm -hmm. it's it's 283 now like oh god the secret's out people are collecting game boy no it makes me wonder when like uh game gear or something like that's gonna get its attention that's true because i don't think game gear is really all that expensive no none of that i can think of and game gear has some pretty fun games oh yeah game gear was great but the only thing different about it, though, is that with the Game Boy, you can play those. Like, most Game Boys still work, but there are multiple different ways that you can play them. All the way up to GameCube. You can play them on the, on the Super Nintendo. You can play them on the GameCube. You can play them on the uh, the Game Boy Advance. Because um, yeah, the original DS, you could play them. Yeah, yeah. you could play them on the original DS as well, too. Um, with Game Gear, you can only play them on the Game Gear. Yeah, that's true. I don't think they made any kind of expansions where you could play it anywhere else, and well, um, no, because I don't. That, and the Game Gear system itself is not the most reliable. Well, it kills batteries like nothing. Well, no, I'm not even talking like, that. I I'm just talking cake. the the Game Gear unit itself. They're they're basically almost like the Atari Jaguar, where it's like you have a fifty fifty chance that if you buy one, whether it's going to work or not. Oh, hmm. I didn't realize. That See, was that I bad. know my system still works. My mm-hmm. Game Gear. 
but I, I didn't realize it. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, yeah, there's a lot of issues with them. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Yeah, I say I've played on one, and I know at one point when I was younger, me and my brother borrowed one from his friend when we were going on a trip to uh, Florida. So he and I took turns playing it on the plane. Oh, gotcha. And, yeah. Game Gear did have some really good games. I mean, oh, Shining Force, yeah. Shining oh. Force, Sword of Asia, which was book two of Shining Force CD, um, was phenomenal. Uh, Axe Battler, which was a Golden Axe game, but it was like side-scrolling, almost like Adventures of Link. I think there was a X Men game or something. There is too. an X Men game. I can't remember what the name of it. There's is. a Sonic game, obviously. Uh, yep, there was Sonic Triple Trouble. You had a you had a Mega Man game. Yeah, there was Mega Man Wiley, on it. The Wily Wars, right? Uh, I think that was the Genesis one. Or, oh, it was just it was just Mega it was, Man. I think it was just called Mega Man. It was just Mega Man, yeah. But I mean, the the you had Dynamite Heady. I mean, you had a lot of good Game Gear games. But like you said, there was no other way to play these mm-hmm. other than I know the 3DS. At one point in the shop, you could buy certain Game Gear games. I actually have Sword of Heja on my 3DS. I have uh, Defenders of Oasis. I have. Or def- crystal something, defenders of something. There was actually quite a few like RPGs on it that mm-hmm. I had never heard of before. But they they released a few Game Gear games on the 3DS, which I thought was very bizarre. Well, but, it's because the Nintendo Sega kind of killed their rivalry after Sega became games only. Oh yeah, of course. So I mean, of look course. at all the Mario Sonic crossover games. Yeah, actually, Mario Sonic at the Olympics. Actually, yeah. it's funny. The Mega Man for the Game Gear is like one of the more like it's it's pretty much the most. Um, Expensive. What's that? Uh, one hundred and forty-eight dollars for That's just the bad. just the cart. Wow! If you're talking the complete game, six hundred and seventy-five dollars. Oh, that I okay. believe. <laughs> but then you get something, Pete Sampras tennis, one hundred and sixty-four dollars. What? Cartridge for a only. Sports game? I know. Maybe, I don't. I don't get it. Maybe it, we're full of shit sports, right now. Eh? Sports games other than Tony Hawk should have no value. <laughs> And even that doesn't have value because they're remaking it. <laughs> well, I wonder what... See, that's weird. Yeah, Shining Force Sword of Hasia is $31. Yeah. That, that's so weird. Complete 89 Like... I don't know why games do that. Like, I don't know I, either. Certain games, like sports games, why Why would a sports game be... Especially Pete Sampras Tennis. Like, it was... Who's vying for that? Yeah, it was like <laughs> Pete Sampras Tennis. I think they, they made it, like... They, they released it on multiple systems. like the, the, Unless that's one of those games where it got released on. and then pulled from the market. No, there is no reason why it would have. Well, I, you, you never know. I mean, there have been other games that have, have weird stories was about... There, was there a Pete Sampras on the Genesis? Yes. Is that the one that oh, had... Oh, there it is. Yeah, Pete Sampras Tennis. Is it the one that had other controller ports on the cartridge? Wait a minute. There was, there was a Genesis cartridge that actually had more ports... For uh, like directly on the cartridge. That's weird. So you didn't need like a because I don't think the Genesis had a multi-tap per se. Because I can't really I recall don't, many games that did. I don't think Sega themselves made one. Huh. Unless oh, oh Paul actually has it, does he? <laughs> I do. And it is a J cart where yeah, there's oh there's it's got ports, ports on it for yeah. controller three and controller four, so you can play four player. Ain't that a big? Uh, That's genius too, by the way. Yeah, because you don't need an expansion set for your for your Sega Genesis. Yeah, you just need the cart, and then you can put on the extra extra players. Oh yeah, they did. That's crazy. The team player. Oh yeah, I can't imagine many games that you like. So then I can't think of like anything. Games. Yeah. So then, what blows my mind is why 
if this game was was genius like this, why is this not $164? Why is the game here? Especially for being an oddball type cart like that. Yeah. So, yeah. For God's sakes. Huh. Yeah, it's it's the it's the rare J cart version. <laughs> J cart. No, it literally says J cart. I know it does, but it's just it's bizarre. <laughs> what is what does that even mean? Why is it, it's not like in the shape of a J? No, it's a very weird like unless it's like join cart. Rhombus. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like the these these game values these days. So I just I, I, I yeah, can't explain. There's it. certain things that I just I like. The more my my brain tries to make sense of it, the more oddities I end up finding that are just unexplainable to me. Like I yeah. can't I I can't understand it. That's. And I know, like, it sounds terrible that we, 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 like, almost sound like we're discouraging people from collecting. No, I... Because, I, by all means, like, if you love your... If you love doing it, by all means do it. You know, we're not trying to discourage people from not, collecting. Not a single... We don't want to discourage well, anybody. I just want to even say, if prepare... We, even if we dislike it. a game, a good game is one that you enjoy playing. Exactly. Period. It doesn't matter if everyone else shits on it. Mm -hmm. If it's something... Jaws. Well, and like, it's my it, guilty pleasure. I love yeah. that game. If you enjoy it, it, it that means it's good to you. Who gives a fuck what everyone else thinks, mm -hmm. right? But it's it's when we talk about like prices and the fact that yeah. back in the day it was better. Some people might get the the uh, uh, thought that we're trying to stop people from collecting. No, it, it just but by all means don't do that. It was just, mm -hmm. I think it was, it was different because you were able to go out to the to just basically any place that sells stuff and find it. Yeah. Versus now, where a lot of it has shifted to, yeah, you're you're having to get them online for vast more, vastly more than what you used to be able to just go to a store and find mm -hmm. them for. Yeah. It's, so it's a, like, yeah, I, I like I, we've talked about it before, where there, there's a difference in feel between finding the games out in the wild versus buying them online. And, oh yeah. Yeah. Part of me almost feels like it's at conventions now. It's easier to find rarer games. Than it well, was when we first went to a classic. Because I that think that makes sense. It, I, no, it does. As, yeah. I think as buying like the collections and stuff have gotten, people have gotten bigger. I think it's one of those things where the people that are setting up booths to sell realize that those are their hot ticket items that that they're going to make the most profit on. Maybe. So it's one of those things where you want those front and center, and then having all your like your cheaper stuff on the sides, kind of like flanking it so it it draws you in here and then you go well he's got this here maybe what's he got over here kind of like how we've always it's a, it's a typical it's a marketing tactic yeah. to sucker you in to make you look and see other stuff like mm -hmm. we've always said we always look for a case as soon as we yeah. get to a booth yeah. or a table we look for that case because we know that's what's going to have what we want but also too you you look at that case because you get a good idea of what they're charging they're a good person yeah <laughs> what they're charging for the games in that case then is that something where it's like okay if it's so unrealistic i'm not even going to take my time looking through your other stuff because yeah. you're yeah. you're probably going to be charging way more than you should be for 50 that 50 dollars for a legend of zelda or like yeah. what was that the the one so you have the the video of where you would go to the one case and it's some game, but it was ridiculously expensive. Bonk's Adventure is that the one it was? Oh yeah, where they want like... they they one the year before they asked for thirty five hundred for it complete. There you go. When it yeah. was only worth no twenty. Yeah, they asked twenty eight hundred for it. When... I thought it was thirty five, and then it jumped. No, 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 no. It's funny because. Um... <laughs> The one, the first, uh, it was like two years ago or three years ago, whenever we went, that we saw it and it was 2800 And I yeah. thought, and I remember, like, I, I was like, okay, I got to take a break here because, like, ready, why is, like, Fuck I'm you. like, did this game, did this game go up in price? Like, because I've never seen this game, like, complete for that much. Mm -hmm. 
And I looked it up, and I'm like, wait a minute. The game is like $1,600 complete. New at the time. Like, yeah. new in the shrink wrap. 2400 <laughs> And this guy wanted 2800 for it, just box only. What? He didn't sell it. What's that? It's, oh my god, it's even less complete now. Wow. Basically, the 2800 he was asking is yeah. for a new copy now. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's funny because that year he had he had it for twenty eight hundred and I'm like there is no damn way that this guy is ever gonna sell his game and then the next year that we went we saw expensive. it it was three thousand dollars the same copy it was the same copy for three thousand <laughs> I'm like you didn't sell it for twenty eight why would you come back here with it with three thousand that makes no sense See, and that's a perfect example of one of those tables where you look at the price and go. This person doesn't want to sell these. They want to show them off. He also had a Snow Bros complete copy, and I think it was ridiculous. It was probably like, well. yeah, it was probably something that was like unrealistic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the funny thing is, is like, you have to be very careful because yes, those games are what's going to draw people in to see like, oh my god, what like it'll help you identify what game is rare or what games are expensive. But it can also hurt you because if those prices are too unrealistic it's or the person knows, away. it's going to drive people away before they even see what other stuff you yeah. have. Because if I saw a whole case and I saw that, I literally would walk away saying, nope, it's not even it's not even in, in my, my best interest. It's, it's, it's well, a waste of my time. You could do... See, and it could also do it... The, it could work the opposite way because you could be like, uh, that's absurd, so now I want to see what he's charging for other stuff. Well, it could. Because there are people that'll do that because there's... Yeah. Or, so, hate to bring up what was that one store? Everything in the one case they're not selling. Oh, <laughs> video game exchange. Yeah, video, no, so he had no, that, he had that one. Yeah, because the, they wouldn't sell. They, there was they, everything in that one case, and it was like Earthbound or something. And it had, oh no, 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 they had. Rob, it. I, think, I thought of the Power Glove they had. That oh no, that it was the one store that we never were able to find again, basically, because yeah, yeah. we yeah. found like there was two complete copies of Earthbound. And, yeah, because we walked um, in there and it's in that one glass like yeah. single case while all the other stuff was in the things, and we were looking, and then you asked him, you know, how much for it, and he's like, oh yeah, I'm not actually selling any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, it's like, okay, then why do you have it on display? Get it out. Yeah, this is a store, well, not not a display museum. Well, <laughs> that's the same thing where uh, with Video Game Exchange, they did that too. Where uh, I asked him one time about uh, about stack up. That's what it was. Stack, stack up. up because it was complete, and I I needed the pieces in order to use them with Rob because I think even at the time I had Rob, yeah. I just didn't have stack up, and. Um, and I was like, "Yeah, how much? Uh, how much do you have on the uh, on on stack up?" He's like, nah, "It's not really for sale because I mean, <laughs> or if I get rid of it, I'm never gonna be able to find it's one a, again. It's a hard game to find with all the pieces, and if I sell it, I'm probably never gonna find a, another copy again. So yeah, it's not really for sale. I'm like, then don't put it right front and center in a case. Yeah. <laughs> so you got the, see, and that's those are the type of people where it's like at this point you're not trying to sell stuff, you're trying to show off. Mm, yeah. And at that point, just go away. Take pictures and put them online. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, it's if you if you do want to collect, don't. I recommend it if you like it. I mean, if you really enjoy it, I would say it behooves you to do your research. Yes. Don't collect blind. Make sure you you research and see if it is maybe something that you want to do. Because I mean, 
That's, you need resources. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not a hobby that you're just gonna pick up and, and the other think thing you're is, gonna complete. The, the other thing is you can't just grab any random game and be like, oh, this one will have value at some point. No, because not not the all speculator games, bubble. Not yeah. all games are created equal in that no. regard. Not everything is gonna have value. Some of them become like worth way less, way quicker. And actually, yeah. too, there is a perfect example of that. Is and I'm, I, I gotta pull it up on the. It's for the PlayStation Two. There's one that. Um, it seemed like it came out of nowhere, because you have the the tracking history. Because I think you look at like through their website, mm-hmm. and I use their app, oh, which doesn't game. have the, the Blood Will Tell. I know that one for the PS Two. Heard of that? I had never heard if of it it's either. The one I'm thinking of, it's a, a like a samurai game where he gets dismembered, and you go around, you have to kill the demons and get your body parts back. So I had start, never. You start off like you, you don't have your eyes, so everything's in like black and white. And as you get them, it gets color. And I've never heard of this game, but really it sounds cool. Really Up cool until like literally a couple games. months ago, I had never heard of this game. Well, guess what? Loose price is one hundred and fifty-eight dollars, and complete price three hundred and sixty-eight dollars. How how have I never heard of a PlayStation Two game that's over three hundred dollars? My God, yeah. The, Where did it come from? So it's like I'm, I'm curious as to when that price. Yep, like it's the exact game I'm thinking of. I, I'm I'm thinking that that game was one of those where it's basically where people didn't realize that the game existed, and then all yeah. of a sudden it's like everybody found out that that game existed, and now it's just erupted in price. That was the, that was Sega. It was Sega. Yeah. Oh my God. And again. And it's actually how game, would I not have known I played that? through it. I beat that game. How the hell hey. did I? Yeah. You beat it. Yeah. Do you have it? No. Oh, uh, a buddy of mine did. Oh. Definitely. Well, I can tell you. January of this year, it was 178 complete. Okay. Wow. Wait, 178 complete? Complete. So it's doubled since January. It's doubled since January. Look up last year, though. Like, was it it in the $100 range? Uh, Let me see. Uh, Or was it, like, 50 or 60? Uh, I can't. Hold on. Keep talking. (laughs) Keep talking. It's it's hard to... This thing's hard Um, to use sometimes. Yeah, it's, I think it was based on... I want to say it was based on something, but I can't remember. It's But yeah, like it, it was one of those games, I, when he showed it to me, I had never heard of it. And then mm-hmm. like I played through it, beat it, and it was... It was really unique, and like I was saying, yeah, yeah, you lose your body parts to, like, a demon or something like that, uh-huh. and as you're going through the game, you get your pieces back, so, like, like I said, yeah, you start out without, without your eyes, so everything's in black and white, you get your eyes, it goes to color. Oh, and, that's cool. Um, that's so he doesn't really have, cool. his, like, hands at first, I think, he only has, like, these sword blades in his arm. Nice. The so last it's really time, weird. The last time it was around $100 was August of 2017. Oh. It was worth 101 62, or 26 In 2017. In 2017. That was the last time it was ever a hundred, round a hundred dollars. Was it, did it complete? Oh, so it's uh, it's gone it's, up since then. it's gone. I, I just don't yeah. know how I've I don't know I've how never I've heard never of it. noticed it before. Oh, yeah, it's and sad. then it's, it's just been on a one, slow uptake, except for the past. And that's actually that that one few months. That, yeah, that's a great example of like what I was saying, where like people are starting to find these new like gems on that that people have never heard of on on PS2 and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, and that's yeah, because that is. Uh, it, in my opinion, that's where that's what collecting's all about is finding out these gems that they got passed over. That by either them. got passed over, or because they just weren't able to be advertised, or, or something bigger came out at the same time exactly. and, and overshadowed them. That's because, like, any time like a Final Fantasy would come out, anything else that released in that month, basically, you never heard shit about. Yeah. I think that's why um, a lot of like uh, uh, 
Well, I mean, obviously, the fact that Rule of Rose was pulled from the market right. um, definitely doesn't help its case. But that came out at around the same time that the PS3 launched. Yeah. And so, obviously, it was overshadowed by the PS3. So, therefore, it did not have as long of a shelf life as the average game did. So, therefore, that's why that price is reflective okay. of it. Well, you can kind of go back even, too, to, like, Little Samson. Yeah. Because didn't Super Nintendo come out, what was that, 94? No, it was when was Super Nintendo? Super Nintendo technically came out in the United States around, like, 1991. Was it really that early? Yeah, it was that early. Jeez, it didn't feel like it. No, I know it didn't, uh, because wow. I didn't get one until 1993. Yeah. But Little Samson came out around 1992. I don't know what month it actually came out, but basically, if you had... I knew it was around about the time Super Nintendo If you came had out. the Super Nintendo coming out in late 1991, and then Little Samson coming out in 1992... Obviously, that was going to be overshadowed, right? And which is why a lot of people don't really and, know about Little. And Samson. unfortunately, it was it was uh, it was produced and developed by Taito, who was a great company for developing games. But obviously, they were no Capcom and no Konami, so they did not have the the budgetary um, ability to basically market their games. Yeah, they were so, like the second tier. Yeah. of like the best Nintendo brand, like mm -hmm. uh, company. So, Kuon <clears throat> is a good example, too. In January this year, it was 320, complete in box. Yeah. Or, or complete. So, now, obviously, you fast forward to now, and it's 520. So, it's jumped $200, $200 in the past, in the past six, seven, months. six months. Yeah. It's like all of these PlayStation games are just... It's... Mm -hmm. It's hard to fathom. Yeah. But, and you're right. Like, it's... I don't know. Even Like, like I said, Nintendo's been kind of sitting still for the longest time and yeah i don't know it's a weird it's fickle like we're we're hitting a, another blow up of a bubble mm -hmm. and we're trying to figure out why yeah maybe and somebody I, else does and i'm just one i'm i'm wondering if the bubble will deflate or will uh or 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 it will burst and these prices will start falling again so then people can actually buy the games that they that they want yeah so. Well, it's do you, and that's the thing. It's like, is it going to inflate for PS One and PS Two to a point where Nintendo is going to start falling? But I don't think it will. No, I don't. I think, think so. they're going to start blowing each other back up. Yeah, maybe. Want to know why you never heard of Blood Will Tell? Why? You know what else released that September? What? Fire Red and Leaf Green. Oh, interesting. But that's a Although different that's, system. Yeah. I don't Silent think... Hill Four came out. Nobody cared about Silent Hill Four. Yeah, quite a few people did. Digimon uh, Rumble Arena Two was pretty big. Oh, nobody. I've never uh, heard of that. Now you're just being facetious. <laughs> uh, there was an EverQuest game, which yeah. uh, EverQuest was kind of Advanced Guardian Heroes. Mm, that wasn't that big. Fable. Fable oh, did it. Shit, it was Fable. Fable. It was definitely Fable. Because honestly, that was huge. Fable and the marketing behind it was enormous. Final Fantasy XI. Outside Japan, not so much. Second Sight. Nah, Second Sight wasn't um, that big. Katamari Damashi. I honestly think it was Fable. Shadow it was Hearts Fable. Covenant. It was Fa It was Fable. Yeah, because a lot of the games you're you're naming are like even like Shadow Hearts Covenant was kind of niche. Armored Core Nexus was another big one. Yeah, I would say, um, say that was pretty big. But Mortal Kombat Deception. Well, that's now we're hitting October, so yeah. yeah I think you're right, though. But still, it's Fable. Fable, Fable, Fable knocked it out because I remember the Fable advertising was, for yeah. Fable. That was hyped as fuck. It was. It was a lot of hype surrounding it's that. So one. disappointing. Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> so yeah, like so, games like that got buried. 
Yeah. So you could plant a tree or plant a seed, and 50 years from now, it'd be a whole tree. No. Can't do that shit. Mm. What an idiot. Mm. <laughs> Empty promises. Uh, My God, man. God bless Peter Molyneux. And he didn't do it just once. He did it twice. No, he did it a lot. Because uh, they said Fable 2 is supposed to be all this shit in it, too. And yeah. it's like, well, sorry. Mm. Nope. <laughs> That's why he's kind of the laughing stock of, like, the video game makers and stuff like that. Everybody yeah. hates Peter Molyneux. Don't pull a Molyneux. No. <laughs> God, ambitious, but didn't have the technology to deliver. No, honestly, even even Mass Effect didn't have the technology to deliver on what they wanted to. Yeah, they had, and and God bless them for having the intentions of wanting to immerse a player into that kind of an environment. But sorry, yeah. dude, like, nope. There does come a point in the gaming universe where you or the gaming fandom where you have to deliver something better than what you did. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Fable was good. I won't lie. If it was okay. Yeah. Could you do everything you said? said? Absolutely not. Of course, super fun. But, but it was still. But a yeah, fun but game. that one like it definitely overshadowed a lot of stuff. So yeah. now you're gonna there's gonna be other games too. So people found that one, and now all of a sudden they're like, well, what else did I miss? Right. Mm. Like Nightmare Creatures is another good example. Uh, not like, really. Like, I knew I didn't I, miss that one. I played it as a kid, which is why I was looking for it. Yeah, honestly, I don't know many people who know of that one. Oh. I mean. Like what, Legacy or the Legacy of Kane series, people didn't yeah. know about the first one. Soul Reaver came out, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, but well, this is part two of the story, and most yeah. people didn't realize. I that. remember Soul Reaver actually got a lot of attention. Yeah, I remember seeing a lot of like the full page ads in, yeah. in, in magazines and, yeah. and comic books. Yeah, for mm-hmm. Soul Reaver, and I was like, oh, this looks fucking cool as yeah. shit. And I never got it growing yeah. up, mm-hmm. but I remember seeing it all the time, and I never remembered the first one at all. Yeah, no, like no one did. No, I mean I did, but. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, they've done that to a lot of things here. Persona so like, 2, I never yeah. realized there was a Persona Revelations here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, because even Star Ocean, was we get that a lot. We get the Shaft. We'll get the second game in a series as opposed to the first, you know? I'll never understand that because then, like, Japan doesn't... Like, back then, Japan didn't want to give RPGs to Western audiences because they said, no, nah, Western audiences don't like RPGs. It's because... They kept getting the story, like, in the middle of it. Yeah. Of course you're not going to be drawn to the story because something came before it that you're not passing on. Like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's very odd. Yeah, and just, like I said now, like, what else is going to start scaling because you start look, you start examining the library for what actually is there versus what was shoved in your face. Mm-hmm. So these random games that... Yeah, they're only going for like 60, 70 bucks right now. They're going to start to, yeah, jumping in price as soon as people start realizing, well, shit, this is good. Mm hmm. Do you think PS3 will eventually have this surgeon? Yeah, I eventually. Do you think so? Yeah. This it'll, is be, that... it'll be a while. I, I, don't, I don't think it will be. That as I ex- don't know. As extensive as it is with these older systems, mm-hmm. but there will be certain titles that. That that'll be like okay. I want that for my collection. I want this for my collection, and rather than well, I'm gonna collect the entire PS3 library. It's gonna be t- specific targeted titles. But the problem lies here now, and, and and we kind of talked about this in in the there's nothing left to collect episode. <coughs> the PS3 and and that era like PS3 Xbox 360 came at a time now where we had internet. Like a, a stable internet connectivity, yeah. like you could buy the games online. Is it even possible now to collect an entire PS3 library 
when yeah. a lot of those games are purely digital. Mm-hmm. How you can't buy those games anymore. Oh, any of the ones that that were digital only. Do you still consider those part of a PS3 collection? Because technically, it's a PS3 game. How would you go about collecting it if you literally can't? Well, I don't. So there aren't as many like that were pure that were released in the digital only as you think there were. There's quite a bit. Well, I can think of a few off the top of my head. Like what? Vandal Hearts. The there. I can't remember what the the actual title is, but there was a Vandal Hearts game that was purely digital. Uh, Outland was only digital. There was. I don't think those are considered AAA like release ones though. But it's it, whether it's AAA or not, it's still part of the PS3 library. Well, there's going to have to be a point where you say what what you include in that because yeah, well, yeah. and it's like the Nintendo, like yeah. I don't what, consider the, what, I don't consider the Saturn games or those those well, uh, Asian games. The, the how many people don't consider yeah. that one Flintstones game part of the dinosaur peak because oh, it was yes. released blockbuster only, right? So there might be a point where Tension you start games. you start splitting mm-hmm. hairs of. Well, does this get counted because it was only this way, or this one was only this way? Right. So that sort of splitting hair has been going the entire time. It's the always time. been going that way. It's right. part. It's it's part of collecting. So you could say that if, if a whole collection of PS3 games would be only the physically produced discs that you can get as like a game. Another example, like his Star Wars figures. Right. There are certain released ones that are of far more value. Than some of the other ones, so right. people will just be like, are, are "Well, these are specific. these ones are yeah, these ones are considered collectibles. These other ones, not so much. Don't give a shit about these other ones." Yeah, mm-hmm. which is why I don't buy that with with Flintstone Surprise at Dinosaur Peak being a blockbuster. Well, yeah, that's just that was just because, one of those ones I could think of as an example. Right, right, right. But I'm I'm saying this is kind of how like that mindset to me doesn't make sense with people who don't include it because you look at like you said your Star Wars figures or let's go to pop figures. There are mm-hmm. some that mm-hmm. are store specific. Well, yeah. guess what? You can still get them. Like, they're still licensed. Just like Flintstone Surprise at Dinosaur Peak was still a licensed Nintendo game. Yeah. So you, it should be part of the collection. Yeah. No, I know. And so, but he's also defined his, like, Paul's collection is Nintendo licensed games. Right. Mm-hmm. So Which technically he, he doesn't have a, if, if you're going to go Nintendo collection, you need that, you need that you qualifier. Would need, you would need Tengen games then. You would need right. all these non Bible tree games. You would need any non-licensed or games because, tree. yes... Yeah, they're not Nintendo licensed collection games. Right. So but now Nintendo, he's already but splitting they're Nintendo hairs. games. So, yeah, right. yeah. But they're Nintendo games, yeah. Which so then like, there's to... always that sort of... The, the, the little caveats you could put onto it that, yeah, people are going to squabble over what you can consider, but that's collecting in general. I don't care right. what you're collecting. Oh, yeah. There are people that don't collect certain carts because they don't have the right number of screws in the back. Which I find stupid. Yeah, the whole idea of the, the five three, versus three, three. five, which so, is dumb. So it's like, okay, so it doesn't matter. I mean, there are, so go to go figures again, there are certain figures that were released with, like, misprints in their painting and stuff. Oh, yeah. They're considered collectible. Yeah, variants, the, the yeah. normal that The normal one, not considered collectible. Right. The mistake is more valuable than the then, actual. Yeah, so you're going to, there's always going to be something like that where you, when you start getting into the weeds of it, it just becomes ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you have to, you I really mean, have to put in the parameters before. Hell, and... comic books. Do you consider variant covers to be part of a, like a collection? Uh, like, what do you mean part of a so, collection? So, like, say you're collecting like an entire X Men run and you have the standard issue cover 
part of the collection. Do you consider all the other, like any variant that comes with that issue, like of covers for that issue? No. Is that part of the collection? No. To Why? me, no. To me, as long as you have one cover, that's that fulfills your see that your fulfills obligation. your obligation to that particular issue. And then there's the people who argue that the variants get, must be required to yeah, consider you, a complete collection. If you want to get the variant covers, those are, to me, those are bonuses. Optional, yeah. Those mm-hmm. are optional. That's the way I view it, too. Is so. in, and if somebody who I, because uh, obviously I'm a big fan of Juggernaut, so if, if yeah. there's ever any like cover where Juggernaut's on the cover, obviously I'll get every cover that I can, because that, I have said that if there is <clears throat> like a perfect example would be like, um, they did a Juggernaut one-shot that was called X-Men Black Juggernaut, where they also had multiple covers. And so because I specifically collect Juggernaut stories yeah. and Juggernaut covers, you went and got all the I got covers. every different variant cover that I could get for that one because that fulfilled that piece of mm. my See, collection. And that, like, that's why collecting is such a weird thing. But because it really is. It's individual preference is going to shape what you consider complete or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So, and like, I mean, I guarantee you there are people that would yell at Paul... His collection's like, not complete because those collection. games don't have boxes. Yeah, right. Or I don't have the Tension games. It's yeah. like so no, there's I don't always going to be that. someone yeah. being an asshole. Mm-hmm. Which is why there's we've always, always some form of gatekeeping, and it yeah. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It's going to happen. Yeah, right. we're going to have. We've which, always which done is why that. like we say yeah if you want to collect collect but make sure you know what you're getting into yeah and yeah. stick to your convictions <laughs> yeah stick to your convictions but yes. also collect what you want. If if it is your desire, not necessarily because it's popular. Yes, but that's also, where people also. But also too, like if you want to collect to try to get all of it, then go for broke. Do what do what makes you happy. But if you are collecting solely for the fact of of just collecting whatever you can get your hands on, I mean, just know that you're kind of getting into a very precarious situation. Almost becomes an obsession. Well, well and yeah. then I was actually, that, that brings up a good question. It's like, so at what point does collecting go beyond being collecting and become hoarding? Well, it is true. I mean, it's... Because someone that's could a, argue collecting pop figures is considered hoarding because, well, because there are there a is, billion of those fucking But things. there's also a fine line between, like, basically what's considered okay and what's not considered okay. It's right. that acceptable variance that that yeah. people start looking at. So, like, what makes you go over the line all of a sudden? What makes one thing not that? I, that's ooh, that's a tricky question. That is. I don't that think is, it can yeah. be defined. That's the problem. I think when it starts to affect your health, you have a you're you're hoarding at that. Or point. or basically when it basically takes over your life to where it affects other aspects of your life. Where now you're spending the money trying to get everything, but now but you're not paying your rent. But now you're wondering <laughs> how am I going to afford my rent when your the money should have gone towards your rent or whatever bills yeah. you have first before you start spending it on extra stuff. Yeah. Then that's when it well, becomes yeah, in, either in an situations like that where it's it's clearly clear it's, it has now become an unhealthy yeah addiction. At first, I was going to say, well, I would. I would think it would like collecting is detrimental when you're collecting things that have no value. But who's that was value? Exactly. There's value no is one so that hard to say, define. Yeah, because... something valuable to me is not valuable to you. Correct. You couldn't give less of a shit if you had a Panzer Dragoon Saga. I do. It's it's worth what it, I mean. You yes, probably like, would. <laughs> yeah, I, I would appreciate that. Yeah, but there are some. I know people... it's not a thousand dollars, but I still appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, but there are some people that, like my RPG collection. There are some people it's I guarantee would not care. 
Yeah, but you know, I have quite a quite a yeah. uh, survival horror collection. Yeah, but nobody would probably care about that. So it's that that was my initial reaction was when you're collecting basically just trash. But again, you know, beauty's in the eye of the holder. If it's valuable to you, it has value. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is why like the hoarders show. I think kind of defines what it would be is when it starts to affect health of you and or other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's still that's a really good question. Yeah. Well, because yeah, what what could be totally acceptable for you? Like someone could look at Paul's collection and be like that he's got a problem. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're, it's I view people that do it with sports memorabilia all the fucking time because oh, yeah. I don't understand the value in it. But this, like, I can play these. I can't do anything with sports memorabilia. No, because it's you... be a sandlot situation signed by some guy named Babe Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> that just sits in a glass box. Ruth, <laughs> baby Ruth. <laughs> I'm at least glad you know that reference. Ruth. Of course I do. Of course I do. I Babe just... Ruth. Babe Ruth. Ah! And then oh. they find out the neighbor's awesome, and he gives them the entire team ball. I was just thinking, what's his face? <laughs> the Sloth the from Goonies. <laughs> the rest Maybe. of the 1927 Yankees. Yep. Have you seen Sandlot? He's never seen Sandlot. I saw it when I was very young. I it was when James watched... Earl Jones was the neighbor. Everyone yep. thought he was yes. some weird yep. killer. I have not watched that movie since I was a child. So. Mr. Mr. Myrtle. There we go. Yep. Yeah. Old Man Myrtle. <laughs> cool. Cool story, boys. It is. It's a good story. <laughs> That's what this is all about. Tangents. Exactly. Tangents and just and reminiscing. Reminiscing, man, that's, I don't know, collecting's become very, very different since we've it's, done it. It's a different landscape, and I've, I've said this before, and a lot of my, like, I, I've been frustrated with it. And I think with any, like, hobby, when you start getting frustrated and you start seeing yourself frustrated, you almost have to take a step back from it, which is, I think I've, I've done that, because I do not collect as... Frequently. Fast and frequently as I used to, mm-hmm. and hence why my my comic book collection has gotten bigger because I've decided to focus on something else. Um, Still collecting, still got an issue. But well, no, this is I think, intervention now, because Paul. I think because I think uh, <laughs> people like certain people will be more predisposed to just wanting yeah. to collect something. Um, but video games used to be such a niche niche market. For like any anything, and I'm not j- even no, just talking nerd culture. Yeah, in I'm not even was. just talking like a genre of video game. I mean, video games uh, all used to be a, a niche market yeah. where it just felt like you were kind of you didn't really brag that you collected video games. You right. just kind of did it and you kind of hit it, and you you would just play your games and go about your business. And so I would go to these video game stores where it's it felt like you were in just this beautiful. I don't know. You were in this beautiful nature preserve that just, like, everything was there for you. And everything was beautiful. There was such a variety there. And now it's so different because there are, like, the variety is gone. A lot of people sell the same stuff because they all have the same things. You also now have the Um, for-profit people. You have a lot more people trying to get into it for the profit versus just because of collectors the love of it. collectors being there to help other collectors yeah. with whatever it is that they're looking for which is why that story went to in De Pere, uh Greg yeah he was a collector himself yeah game trade and, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that was yep. beautiful because he yeah. knows like he knows that he feeling. knows his shit and yeah. he knows the feeling mm-hmm. so he treats everybody fairly when yep. it comes to that he's not like you said somebody who's just doing it for profit who mm-hmm. really doesn't know anything about games yeah. 
And like no, you said, it, nerd culture, like yeah. it, it, back when we were kids, you didn't, or even when we were like at a or uh, like teens, high, even high school you, era, era. Yeah. you never went on a date and said, "Oh yeah, I like video games." She would usually be like, "Nope, uh, that's something you just yeah." You, I was playing in my mind. Yeah. I didn't give a shit. I was like, "Comic yeah. books in the no. cafeteria." Oh no, no. Yeah. To me, I was like, "No, I you, you don't." You don't put those two together. Right. I don't bring I don't bring games and I don't bring comic books or whatever to I school. Was, like no, I was very definitely an oddball because like I, <laughs> I still well, there remember, was always Kevin's. <laughs> I still remember the first time that I had like a like a, a, a kind of like a more serious relationship. I had all of my Star Wars figures that used to hang on my wall in my room like like wallpaper, and I loved looking at it. I was yeah, like, it I remember just, that. It felt so good, and literally. The you <laughs> son of a bitch. That's what he did. <laughs> but, but the first time but the no, first time that I had guy. But the first time I had a serious relationship, the first thing I did pulled was I down. literally pulled them all down and I boxed them up. Because I'm like, that. I'm not letting her in on this, like, no, because she's gonna look at Blast me like she's gonna look at me like you, betrayed yourself, you have a problem, I'm out of here. I think I remember when because I remember your old bedroom used to have it yeah. was lined. It was just lined. And then all of a Long. sudden, yeah. it was gone. Mm -hmm. like, and that was about the time you, yeah, yeah. your first relation. It was, yeah. Because back, back then, that was something to be frowned and upon. And it was the same thing with video games, where it's just like, yeah, I have a couple, or I had some video games, but it's like, I'm not going to I'm not gonna show you my collection, or I'm not going to talk about video games nonstop. It's like, nope, I, I like doing it. That. I don't either. Well, it's funny, because even like, as something <clears> stupid as <throat> like glasses, I, this bear with me. <laughs> so growing up, obviously, I had glasses Nerd! in the sixth. Yeah, I got glasses in the sixth grade. And, Nerd yeah, people make fun of you right, for wearing Dexter. glasses. Well, when yeah. I started dating again, uh, I had, I said started they sexy, to didn't they? well. It was basically right after high school. Like I learned, glasses define my face. Like I need glasses because I, I wore contacts for a month and I hated it. The way my face is That's shaped why I keep without weird. glasses. I look, my face looks very round if I shave. Yeah, like glasses so. for some reason frame my face the right way. Mm -hmm. But it's it's like I remember getting made fun of all through high school for wearing glasses, even though a lot of kids did, but that was something people made fun of. But I feel like... You yeah. hung out with shitty people. It, I didn't hang out with anybody because I didn't have many friends in high school. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks what for is... stepping the fuck up. Thanks. No, I told you, <laughs> shitty people. <laughs> That's funny. No, but like when I started dating again, like I, it, it was almost. Well, it wasn't almost. It was a turnoff to see like these women posting pictures with fake glasses on. Oh yeah, and it was that... it, it annoyed me yeah. because I'm like, when did wearing glasses become, become a thing? A cool thing. Yeah, do, when yeah. did this become cool? Because I got and it's, it wasn't like I had the thick glasses too, the thick frames. I remember always wanting wireframe glasses growing up, and my parents refused to buy me wireframe glasses. You gonna break them? I had those stupid like it was like the marbled color, like black and some other color. He had BCGs <laughs> for all the military people out there. They were terrible, and I hated Which, them. You guys don't understand that at all. I don't care. No, and I don't care. <laughs> but it's like, and all of a sudden, those are coming back into trend, mm -hmm. and, and I'm like, what the fuck? And it yeah. annoyed me seeing a woman on like her profile having fake glasses on, and then what? Mm. Bitch, there's no lenses in those. You're wearing frames, <laughs> like, <laughs> and like, like now collecting like nerd culture is a thing. Yeah, and I mean, I suppose technically it's quote unquote progress in the right direction, social, socially speaking. You know, yeah, nerd sure. culture. I yeah. mean, I, the acceptance of, of people liking what they of like that is lifestyle, definitely a good yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. But I, I suppose at the same time, like it miffs me that that it took that that long to become acceptable. But yeah, but who knows? But literally, that's like one of the things that I've I've had the biggest trouble adapting to is just I feel like I was in this beautiful, non-disturbed environment, and now all of a sudden it's just like someone muddied the water by basically stomping through it. Your, your... Well, no, it's just now it's like people have all found that little secret. They've oh, they found yeah. that area, and now they're all just kind of like... Now it's a tourist attraction. Now it's a tourist attraction. Yes, it, that's a perfect analogy. Now it's a tourist attraction. It's no longer just a nice little, like, yeah. uh, 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 a reserve that had been, like, people didn't know about. Yeah. And it's like, I was there first, and now I've kind of... I feel like I've been kicked out, because now it's like the people who are willing to pay all this money for this tourist attraction are paying it hand over fist, and it's like but I used to get in there for free. They just asked for donations. Yeah. Which, yeah. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, People are the worst. <laughs> no, but at the same time, I, especially video games, a great example like of it. I, I like that it definitely became more mainstream because Me it too. meant developers got more money and recognition, oh, which allowed for better stuff to be made. Like David Wise and them who made the... And that... Who's the guy that we just did? Uh, oh, Tim Fullen. Tim yeah. Fullen. Like they're mm -hmm. finally like you. They're starting to become recognized. Yeah. Yeah. their soundtracks were fucking incredible back mm -hmm. then. Like they had real artistic talent. Yeah. yeah, and they never got the recognition. But now as things get bigger, they get the recognition that they deserve. Even yeah. look at uh, yeah. Iwata. I mean, he mm -hmm. did so many fabulous games that I don't think Actually, really rose to prominence until a great example. Like not that long ago. Mm -hmm. a great example. Suda Fifty One. Yeah. Yeah. Like, all his games were relatively unknown until, like, No More Heroes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, No More Heroes came out, and people are like, this dude is insane. Go to Killer 7. What else has he done? 13. These games are awesome. Mm -hmm. Wait, was 13 Suda? No, I think Killer 7 was. Killer though. 7 was. I know. Um, what was, uh, Killer was, Killer's Dead? Killer's Dead, Is yeah. that Suda? I believe so. Yeah. But, mm. yeah, you're right. Like, he looks like a, like a crazy person. In, uh, like, for yeah. those games at the time. And now you look back and now he's a genius. Mm -hmm. So it's, well... But also, too, I guess, one of, one of the good things that has kind of come of this is that there are more people in the hobby now. And so it's given people a chance to meet new people that's and kind true. of form yeah. friendships with people that you never would have probably have met in the first place so yeah this is so, true so there is good things where it's like it's not just a hidden thing where you may potentially find a friend because you guys accidentally told each other went into a store at the same time where it's like oh hey you collect games too it's like now it's it's more accepted so you can you can meet people easier that way yeah it's not like you you can only be yourself at a convention I yeah guess. exactly you, i mean yep. yeah you can be yourself wherever you want you can wear a a, a shirt a nice shirt and somebody at, at a grocery store will say like oh dude that's an awesome shirt yeah mario brothers yeah awesome yeah <laughs> yeah so i i honestly it has done more good than than not it has but so as far as the hobby goes they did he did cinemora yeah really I didn't know that. Yeah, I was looking at this list. And I'm like, I did not realize he has handed. That's a really, so really good games. shooter, actually. Like Blood Plus. Oh wow. Um. Oh. But yeah, honestly, it's collecting has definitely shifted over the years, mm -hmm. and and whether it's for the good or the bad, 
I suppose that's up to the it, person. Yeah, but you you know what though? You got to take the the bad with the good because without it, you can't appreciate the good yeah. for what it is until you you have the bad. The industry wouldn't be what it is without it becoming accepted like it did. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, yep. I, and I'm glad that companies are deciding to take chances again. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. like like we had kind of talked about with like PS5 and Series X is we hope that they're going to start taking chances again and making new IPs and continuing IPs that maybe there fell seemed off. like uh, the at if launch is anything to indicate, it seems like companies are willing to take more chances again. I think so too. I, I definitely just do. looking at like launch lineups right now. It's, it looks like there, like there's some that are, you know, like, okay, I can kind of see the influence of these other things, but it's definitely something different. It's new. It's mm-hmm. a brand new name. So we'll see. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess one, one more thing to kind of throw in before we may wrap up, wrap up here is, um, how I had uh, brought up the fact that it's like a lot of like it's cyclical the way that things sell where you have uh, like the Atari Twenty Six Hundred started first where yeah. like where people were old enough to be able to spend it then it moved to uh, the Nintendo and now it seems like PlayStation PlayStation Two but it, Nintendo Sixty Four doesn't seem like it has really hit that same point yet no which is which is weird because why would it jump from like the super nintendo sega genesis and maybe even hit like playstation 1 and then jump to playstation 2 what what it well actually playstation 1 sega saturn those all those came out at the same time too yeah but n64 hasn't seemed to hit that stride so it's like nintendo's true value (laughs) <laughs> I, don't know. Well, honestly, I don't know about that one of my, <laughs> one of my fantastic. thoughts about it is because but I don't I kind of contradict myself because it's like N64 I don't think it was as defining for gaming as a whole I don't think so either it was for certain games like mm-hmm. certain franchises like Zelda obviously, obviously Ocarina, Ocarina and, Time was, and Majora's was, Mask yeah. and Majora's Mask were, were monumental for the Zelda franchise mm-hmm. Mario 64 was a monumental landmark uh title for that series um but other than those like n64 i even growing up personally i didn't have as many games for it because i didn't think it was that good Mm. but a lot of people hold fond ass memories for the n64 like golden eye it's usually particular dark it's usually it's usually the multiplayer based games and everything else yeah smash brothers uh Mm. mario party like a lot of those like i feel like the n64 64 mario kart 64 yeah pokemon stadium donkey kong was on oh donkey kong 64 yeah yeah so it's like i almost feel like nintendo 64 was kind of overlooked because I don't feel like it was as popular. I I think part of it... Um, but I feel like that's also not true. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I think part of it was outside of Nintendo's first party games, that system doesn't have squat. No. And you whereas, got a really good Jet point. Force, where, Gemini, whereas, Marines, Arden Chronicles. Whereas like if you jumped over to Aiden, PlayStation... Aiden yeah. Jump over to PlayStation... And you go outside of Sony's direct, like the Sony Enter- Enterprises ones, there are a ton of games. It's where all the Square Enix games were. You got Silicon Knights. You got Crystal Dynamics. You got. Yeah. Um, but you know what's different though about all of them is plus that at that every- point, 
RPGs were starting to take off huge. Atlas, Atlas hit their stride on on this from or, uh, Atari Twenty Six Hundred, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, all cartridge based. Then the next generation, PlayStation One, Sega Saturn, Sega CD, all disc based. It was a brand new like it was an evolution in gaming. Nintendo decided <laughs> to go with cart based for N sixty four. So maybe them. maybe that ended up kind of like stunting the growth well, then and that's actually part, that's part of the reason certain games didn't release on n64 was because it well, would I knew be, that I remember. it would need yeah, right. so many carts because one single cd held i can't remember a ridiculous amount compared to an yeah. equivalent cart well wasn't there an ad for final fantasy 7 in on comic, the n64 yeah. well in comic books that said like yeah i remember seeing the ad where it's like um if it came out for the uh if it came out, uh, or if it was cartridge based, it would cost like twelve hundred dollars or something like that. It was like seven or eight cartridges, right? Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. I think I remember you telling be, me that when it'd be you first, eight like carts. That. Yeah, it'd be eight carts and retail for twelve hundred dollars or something like that. Yeah. yeah, because that was back at a time. Obviously, you couldn't just download a DLC at that time. Nope. That wasn't a thing. Nope. So, yeah, honestly, maybe that's why. So maybe it just, it was more of like an extension of Super Nintendo at that point because of the fact that it was all cartridge-based when everything was already going to CD. And from that point, honestly, from the PlayStation 1 and Sega Saturn, it never went back to cartridge-based. No, it never did. It was Other always... Switch now. Yeah, well, and, and, even, and even that, I wouldn't even call them cartridge... I would call them more like... like um, There's Almost cards. like memory cards. Yeah, they're... Yeah. Well, it's basically what they are. It's basically a memory card. Yeah, they're yeah. SD cards. But still, it's not really cartridge-based. Right. Um, and so maybe that's why it's just... N64 has never really just had a surge... Is Maybe. because of that. That's because that's a good point. I mean, because you're right. Like for all intents and purposes, N64 had some of the most. I mean, it, it did have landmark titles for gaming in general. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Mario 64, yeah. whether we like it or not, was a landmark title. Ocarina, in gaming. Ocarina, Ocarina of time. time is the defining Zelda game yeah. of of all time. If I, I, I that may be arguable, but it's but I, honestly, I would say it's probably the most popular. But I would think. It basically just built on what Link to the Past did. It did, but it was still at the time. It it was it it was defining, and everybody for the next several Zeldas after that always kept going back to Ocarina of Time. Yeah. So, because I mean, even if you look at um, Metroid, didn't really get 3D until the Prime games. Yep. And even those, like, it's still. When was Fusion? Was Fusion... Uh, 2005, I think? That was GBA. That was GBA. When was Prime? Actually, it couldn't have been 2005. Um, I'm not 100% sure. Prime was early 2000s, I want to say. Let's see. Because it was Wii. Or, no. Prime games were GameCube. GameCube, yeah. They were GameCube. Um, G- hold on. Mm. Metroid... I don't remember off the top of my head. Prime. But, I mean... Metroid Prime came out in 2002. Okay, and when was Fusion, did you say? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Well, I, I thought it was, like, 2005, but it probably was not that, no, that late. No, maybe it wasn't. It was 2002 as well. So it was the same? Wait a minute. Really? 
Metroid Fusion, initial release date November 18th, 2002. Metroid Prime, November 17th, 2002. They were almost released simultaneously. Wow. Prime I didn't know and, that. Prime and Fusion were together. Yeah. So, if the numbers are to be, like, completely accurate, <clears throat> FF7 would have taken roughly 10 N64 carts. That sounds about right. And it would have been, if it was 10 then it would have been about $700, actually, because it would have been $70 a cart. Yeah, because those were expensive. <sighs> Jeez. But that's... I mean, the N64 had pivotal titles in gaming. Mm-hmm. So you'd think, naturally, there would be some games that are... Now, I don't know if those numbers are truly accurate, because I'm not going to deep dive into it yet. But... Yeah. But, I mean, that's... I don't know. That That's a weird... Uh, the N64 must just be that weird anomaly. It just, yeah. That just... I... I just Will we ever? Because I feel well, like Majora's also, Mask was expensive. At it could also be the thing where it's it's viewed as okay. That's they they did a lot of experimenting, and like yeah, some of the titles worked, but the majority just didn't. So it's it's, it's sort of like the art house of movie films, like uh, like of a fil- doing films, movie films. <laughs> Listen to this guy talk. Sick. Um, <laughs> But it could be like, yeah, it's viewed more as the art house thing, where it was like, yeah, they they tried, they were doing interesting stuff, but it just doesn't have the same thing as going to a major studio over here. I feel like that was what the, the like a lot of the PS One library was, or that area, that age in general was a lot of, what the fuck can we do with this? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I well, mean. Well, but then like, but the PS the PS One had a higher capability because CDs were so much cheaper, right, not right. only to produce but so much more storage. I, I mean, Majora's Mask cart only at fifty two dollars and forty eight cents today. Yeah. I mean, but it's that's not too that's not outlandish. That's not outlandish from where it was before. Yeah. Um, and Ocarina of Time is actually like thirty four dollars cart only. Which is even cheaper. Yeah. So it's like I I don't think it's really hit that. Yeah, it hasn't hit that stride, and it's just I, I don't know. know. Yeah. That's weird. But I mean, that God. Now I'm like baffled hmm. because now that I'm thinking about it, it's like yeah, I, I can't explain it. Well, and because I'm, I'm thinking of everything that like held like a uh, holds like a dear spot in my heart with N64, and the majority it's... the majority of what I'm thinking of is sitting down with a group of friends playing Goldeneye, playing mm-hmm. Mario Kart, playing um like those like the four player game and Smash sitting Bros. there and doing something. Well, see, I didn't do um, that until like uh, we used to do that in and in, in the orchestra room. Unless they used to hook up their N64 and play Smash Bros. Unless you know what's funny is that people can't necessarily go back to those games because they look like honestly, shit. if you have tried to play 007 today, oh yeah, it's those, weird. Those games are almost unplayable because they're so Streets hard. 112 baby. They're so hard to well, like distinguish yeah. things. <laughs> It's yeah. crazy. Which is why that era's hard in general to go back to. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of what we were... Well, yeah. That era's difficult. We had had a small... Uh, Vanderhoff and I had had a small discussion on how we uh, we feel the golden age for RPGs. A lot of people view, like, the SNES as, like, that was the golden age of RPGs. You had Chrono Trigger, the Final Fantasy games. You had Secret of Mana, Secret of Evermore. You know, all these fantastic titles. I think PS1, PS2 still beat it. And I, you know what, Vanderhoff and I agree. Like we think the PS One and PS Two was when RPGs hit their golden age. I will take Xenogears over every single RPG on the Super Nintendo. Oh yeah, I, I hands think, down. I mean, I would take PS One RPGs over you could, them as well. You could literally offer me every RPG 
on Super or Xenogears to play for the rest of my life, I'll take Xenogears. It's I, a much better story. I think gameplay is better. Yeah, yeah it, the ending was rushed and it's not complete, but it's still... It just something about it feels better. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I could never do it without Super Mario RPG. And that's kind of where I was like talking. About, I was thinking about that's, Paul. But over you're here. weird. No. So it's like you have those, but, but then you go to like PS One. I will say even take out PS Two. Just say PS One in general. Yeah. You have the three Final Fantasy games. You have Final Fantasy Tactics. You have I mean, how technically Chrono Trigger, Trigger and stuff is and on PS1. You've got uh, Wild that's Arms, true. Wild Arms 1 and 2. Well, and, All four, um, uh, two Breath of Fire games, yeah. which you have the first two Three on and Super four. Nintendo. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have, I mean, Saga Frontier. Thousand Arms. Thousand Arms. Vagrant Story. You have, tactics. I mean, Vanguard Bandits. Oh. I mean, Tactics alone Val- pioneered a genre. Valkyrie Profile. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean... It's a lot of RPGs on yeah, that system. It almost seems like blasphemy when you talk to people who who love retro games because they view Super Nintendo as as the the grandfathers of the mm-hmm. RPG genre. Honestly, PS One I think beats them out. Well, well I, I'll say this: like Super Nintendo definitely did help define a lot of the tropes that are that were used in the PS One era. Yeah. But even then, I'd argue that like a lot of the tropes from the Super Nintendo, even NES stuff based on all the fantasy books that they ripped it all from. Oh, of course. I mean, Lord of the Rings is still one of the most influential pieces of fantasy fiction, and rarely you'll ever hear anyone who's a fan of, like, of high fantasy say that anything surpasses it, just because of how, like, it's built. It's it's basically the foundation for, yeah. like, everything that comes after. He's right. Well, and I don't like Lord of the Rings. I know! Whereas, <laughs> I know! <laughs> but, you know what's funny is that I still feel like how I would classify it is that I think the grandfather of RPGs, it honestly, it started in the NES. Well, it, you well, had yeah. Final Fantasy, you had I'd Dragon it's Warrior. It's the great-grandfather. Is, well, yeah, right. no, but it's the grandfather. Super Nintendo, in that age, I would call the golden age. Yes, because there were... No, 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 no. I'm not. Because there were a lot of great things on the system. You had Earthbound, you had Super Mario RPG, you had Final Fantasy 2 and 3, you had um, both, Breath of, Fire both games. Breath of Fire games. There was one more I was going to... Uh, Chrono Trigger, uh, both uh, Secret games. of Mana, Secret of Evermore. You had so many great RPGs and action RPGs. And PlayStation does have... I and, and it could arguably be better, which is why I would say that you could call the PlayStation era, that's, that's the Silver Age, because it still is... You can't say that the the Super Nintendo is the Silver Age, and then that means that um, that the PlayStation is the Golden Age because it doesn't. It, I know it doesn't work that way. <laughs> I know. So it's like Super Nintendo is still the Golden Age of it. PlayStation is definitely Silver Age because it hit a stride that could potentially be better. And and the same thing happened in comics. You have Golden Age comics where, which is why I I hate that I hate that definition of of the way they break even comics down whereas yeah. this era is the golden age but this no, era is the silver you go age, back and read them they're shit yeah the but golden age is what where yeah like the golden super, age superman was created batman was created but in the but silver age yeah but in the silver age that's when you had all these great stories like that might be where they originated but that's not what defined them because mm-hmm. like batman didn't become batman until after the golden age maybe, oh, I know maybe that, the terminology is that's what we what, have an argument that, that's why we have that's I think the Maybe. like the concept of of like golden age stuff. You say, well, this is the golden age. Well, you're telling people that this is the best. It's the primary. Right. Gold is the top. 
when that's not how it should. That's be not defined. how time. That's not how time functions. I know yeah, what exactly. You mean. Yeah. So like it should be. It should be reviewed more as NES is the foundation. The height. Yeah. Super Nintendo is the wall. Where or like the mortar, however you want to look at, it. and then like PS One is the roof, and like it, everything built from there. It's not necessarily like this is the pinnacle because it's not mm-hmm. right, and that's yeah. why like yeah, I think term the terminology. That's why especially with like cinema, I hate it. Mm-hmm. Gold. That's not like the golden age is viewed as like somewhere between like the thirties and fifties, I think. In comic books, it's, and it's, it's like 30s through that's 50s, not the yeah. golden and, the, and like golden oldies for music. It's sorry, right, but that's not the golden stuff. It's not. Mm-hmm. It just isn't. It might be for a certain generation, but it, you can't blanket generations like that, and that's the part of the problem. Maybe I think people need to refer to it more as when, when there was more influence, and when when more titles. Or more of something that's shot things I, into prominence. I, that's why I think better descriptors need to be picked. Yes, the so, PS One I would say launched RPGs into prominence. Yeah. Where I mean, they were there mm-hmm. were a hell of a lot of them on the there SNES were great and ones Genesis on those but... and Nintendo. But I think PS One and to a lesser degree the Saturn really shot RPGs through the roof mm-hmm. because like we said you have I and mean, made them a some of the I mean, most FF7 influential became RPGs like the yeah. most known RPG for how long? I said RPGs that's fine that's really good yeah, thanks guys <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad I called myself out on it like a fucking idiot dude I said movie <laughs> films so you're okay alright cool one for one baby <laughs> no but like yeah, yeah like if you ask people like Usually, when you when you ask RPGs, most often it's either Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. Those are like the defining ones. So, Sorry. like that's why, yeah. like I think, better descriptors need to be figured out for how to to label the stuff. Because, like I said, labeling one thing like Golden Age or like Diamond or something like that, you're given the impression of this is the best, and it's just. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Where it's yeah, I should not have said that the 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 Super Nintendo's golden age and like I, I think it's just a descriptor thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's trying to find the vocabulary that works without giving the wrong impression. Yeah, and yeah. that's really really hard to try to find. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I will say like the, a lot of the stuff on the PS One built off of what Super Nintendo games did. Of course, mm-hmm. and that could I mean, be look another the, factor of hardware. Like and then like. Look at the like a lot some of the early like PS one games that use the sprite stuff. It's clearly influenced by mm-hmm. the Final Fantasy Six and stuff like that. Of course. So I mean, uh, yes, obviously their influence is still felt in games. I mean, look at the Grandia. Uh, Grandia one was the sprites, but then they were in three D environments. Yeah. So kind of like almost Paper Mario esque. Yeah. So it's like you can tell that they were influenced by like uh, the Super Nintendo era. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. Beyond of the Beyond, I think, was as well. Well, Wild Arms was weird because it was all, like, sprites. Until Battle. Until Battle, then it went to the 3D yeah. uh, thing, which looked ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, they were chunky. They, <laughs> they look like, terrible. They look like chibi models nowadays. Which is weirdly where, like, I fell off. Like, I liked Wild Arms, don't get me wrong. I love the entire run of the five games, but, like... I don't like the hex system. <laughs> the hex system's goofy. One and two... To me, I loved the sprites. I loved the environments, but battle always felt off because the character models look goofy slow, and it's slower. And it's slow, yeah, which but is weird. You get to Wild Arms three, and Wild Arms three to me is where the height of the series because it was old west, but it had magic. But 
everything is rendered in the 3D and it looks great. Yeah. I loved Wild Arms 3. So, I don't know. It, I think you're right. It's it's well, and and the other thing too is it is going to be definite a definite generational thing. Oh yeah. Cuz like you know, not say like someone that would be if we had kids like our kids age, but like their kids. Mhm. Well, what they would consider the golden age of stuff is going to be different than what we do. Right. Because they grew up with something different. So it's always a, it's a, it's a constantly shifting metric, which is where I, that's why trying to define something as the best or most influential is practically impossible. Mhm. Like yeah, like like even with me saying, you know, Lord of the Rings is like yeah, there are other fantasy works that are just as influential as that stuff, but it becomes the generic name for mm-hmm. like what be, what the the stuff is. I would say or the default the, like the default call out. I, I could I would say you could label a game as like a precursor necessary. Ne- yeah, necessary. I would say that something It's the can- building blocks. It's it's the whole it's the concept of the foundation and build, building up. You need the foundation for the later. Yeah. But you don't necessarily would the the, the later ones wouldn't necessarily not exist with the found without the foundation they just might be different oh yeah and that's why i say creation like uh, inventors and stuff like the idea of something like i was the grandfather of this like you i don't believe something... ideas belong to any one person unless if you built it wholesale yourself or based off of nothing which is impossible yeah. for the most part you know, usually most things are, are ideas from somebody else. You build that upon you modify. what came before. Yeah. Exactly, which is why I firmly believe ideas don't belong to anybody. If if the person who didn't invent such and such never existed, we wouldn't have this. I don't believe that. I believe we would have something like it, but it wouldn't be that. Like, it might not saying the Beatles created the, rock and roll the or amount whatever. Of, the amount of time and, the, and its presentation might have changed. Yeah. But I think certain... Certain things are an inevitability of creativity. Progress. They're is, they're just yeah like yeah. the like the presentation, the look, the sound might not be the same, but there are certain metrics that will I think will mm-hmm. always be hit. Like progress uh, doesn't it, stop. It, it does not stop. Yeah. Which is like when people say, oh, how can you like such a like like you said, how can I like fantasy without liking Lord of the Rings? The, yeah. the basically the the progenitor of the genre. Well, if it wasn't Lord of the Rings, it'd be something else. Yeah. So it's like the fact that that somebody can be labeled as the the creator of something. Well, you you are, I suppose, but that doesn't mean that it wouldn't exist without you. Yeah. And the it big, would just be yeah different. It would be something else, but it would still something be would fill that spot no matter what. Right. It's like the whole uh, taking like a jar, filling it with marbles, and then being like, "Well, is it full?" No, I can pour sand in there and fill in the cracks. Right. Well, I fill it up. Is it still full? No, I can still pour water, and the water will sift through. Mm-hmm. So it's something will always inevitably be in that spot. It just might sh- the path things would take would change. The, like like the idea of a, of a, That's, what is it? Muses is essentially what, yeah the, the whole the whole concept of a muse. Something that that sparks that inspiration. Yeah. Where the inspiration is, it, you didn't create it. Something else helped you formulate it. And I kind of think like even, think even in gaming, that kind of thing exists. Movies, games, and music—you can definitely see it. Absolutely. I, I think Absolutely. like the, those are the types of mediums. Yeah, I suppose you can see it in books and stuff too. But like, I think those are the biggest mediums where you is film, especially. I mean, look at guys like uh, Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Kill Bill is nothing but 
like a love letter to all the like Asian mo- samurai and, and kung fu movies right. that he loved watching. Like he, there are scenes where it's wholesale. Just if I swap out the characters that were in this movie with his, it's the same scene. Mm-hmm. Quite literally, the same scene. Which is so, and that's that's funny to me because speaking of like love letters and stuff, I just got finished or got done playing uh, Bug Fables for the Switch. Yeah, which is basically it's Paper Mario for all intents and purposes. But they that, didn't that's have exactly, to Mario. <laughs> exactly, it's paper. It's a rip off Paper Mario because it, it literally plays just like it, mm-hmm. even down to like the countdown bar for using your moves. Like it's you could pick up Thousand Year Door. Well, and then play and, and literally know how to play. Bug look Fables. at any of the number of Metroidvania games, any of the oh, yeah. the, 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 the Souls style from software games mm-hmm. that I have now spread beyond anything. Look at the battle royale genre that's currently yeah. booming. So it's it's just funny to me when like yeah, if one person's not credited for it, some like yeah, inevitably something else would to build towards something. To say something would not exist without someone doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Or, you know, that, that whole concept eludes me. I, I guess I just don't believe in that. How did this topic come up? I don't know. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Honestly, like, I have no idea. Paul got Where did lost. this come from? Paul got lost. He's in his phone. He's like, oh, I am because I have nothing for this conversation. Because I have nothing for the conversation. I have no idea when it turned. And I'm just like, <laughs> I think I started this conversation, yeah. but I didn't bring it here. <laughs> it's like you basically said a sentence, dropped see, the mic, see, and walked out see, and let him squat. Yeah. He started it. I, we made it yeah. something better. <laughs> I, I, and I'm just like, and I'm looking Progress. at my phone, and I'm like, wait a minute. When did I get kicked out of this conversation? <laughs> what the hell are you guys doing? Oh my god. He's like, fine, I'm just gonna look up stuff on my phone. I'll get my coat. But it, <laughs> but it was funny because we were talking about the N64 and how, how that's kind of like that weird anomaly in, in time where it's like, I don't think like the next generation beyond even like our kids are going to go back to that N64 era. Well, and But they probably will go back to the SNES era and play like Chrono Trigger and and, well, and I, I think three and two and still rather be engaged. Early three D oh, and even early VR games. It, VR would be a great example for for the next generation mm-hmm. because VR is beginning to become more and more of a staple. Yeah. So jumping back to early VR games and then comparing them to like current ones, it's like going back. You're not going to ever want to go back. They mm-hmm. are that bad between the way they look, the way they handle like motion sickness for a vast number of people and stuff like that so it's like which is why it's kind of surprises me like if you really think about it once the ff7 remake is fully done like i have a feeling there's going to be a generation that identifies ff7 with that remake yeah they'll probably never go back to the ps1 ff7 it'd be be very jarring but it amazes me even now that people do like they play the FF7 remake and they're like, dude, this is making me nostalgic for seven. And they like, there are kids who have never played seven. My niece finally decided to play FF7 after seeing the remake, and mm. she she loves it. Mm. But it's, I mean, bad graphics and all. No, oh, of course. Yeah. But that just that's a testament to how pivotal that game well, really yeah. was. See, and that's another thing with certain early games like that is, I wonder going back if bad translations will also be off putting at some point. See, I, don't, I think I that's don't think half so. of the charm. Though. That is the charm. Just like that damn pizza. Even though I was right the whole time, and everybody says I was a fucking idiot, he was calling it a pizza. Fuck you guys. He was calling what a pizza? He's the, calling the Midgar. Plate, Midgar, oh. the plate, the opening scene when he's cut, or not opening scene, but like the scene when they're leaving after they had just got done uh, blowing up the reactor. He talks about that damn pizza, but 
most people thought it was like a colloquialism, like that damn piece of. Oh. But he says pizza, and it's spelled P-I-Z-Z-A. I always just thought he was calling the plate itself a big pizza. Pizza, yeah. And everyone says, Andy, you're an idiot. He's talking, It's it, he's saying that dumb piece of. Well, because it's it's There's not no voice acting. Well, and so. the part of the problem too is like the translation in that game is absolute garbage. Really That's is. not what he's talking about in the original stuff. But so in like, the remake, he calls it a pizza, yeah. a pizza to well, pie, and I love it. I stood up and I applauded because I was like, "Yeah, motherfucker!" It's, it's funny because it became so associated with it that when they were remaking <laughs> it, they were like, "We kind of have to keep that reference in now." Which is why where I think, it helped define it, yeah, which is weird. Bad translation, I think, even yeah. has its place in history. A winner is well, you. Like our, all yeah. your base are belong to That's, us. Yeah, the one I was going to. Yeah. X Men, welcome to die. <laughs> like, I almost feel like those bad translations kind of attribute to the charm of the game. So it's like I feel like people. What? What is this? <laughs> That's just what camp. is this? That's camp. Yeah, but that was supposed to be bad. So it's you were almost a Jill sandwich. <laughs> I forgot that was a thing. <laughs> oh, thanks, oh Barry. God. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. But I don't know. I, I feel like there are certain games that no matter how far we get, PS6, PS7, there are going to be some generations that still can go back to NES, mm -hmm. Super Nintendo, Genesis, and still find ent entertainment out of those games. Why? I wonder, uh, 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 you know. I also I wonder know. what yeah. I also wonder what the cutoff point will be for going so far back that, like, even jump like me jumping back to Atari, <laughs> they just feel so stilted and, and terrible in control. I mm -hmm. wonder what that cutoff point will be at some point where trying <clears throat> to go back and play N sixty four PS one, it's just not doable because the way they handle. That's a good thought. Yeah, that's true. There are a lot of PS one games. There are that some really PS two like games. Trash. Where, like, the camera's just trash. Going mm. back and trying to play them, no, I'm done. Once the camera starts going wonky, I'm no, I'm out. I'm, I'm just, I don't <laughs> care anymore. Well, a lot of people feel that way about Resident Evil. When you try to play the first three or, the tank well, controls. four, I guess. Yeah. Because yeah, you consider Veronica. Yeah, the tank, not, not only the tank controls, but you have the static camera shot. Like, a lot of people are so used to the over-the-shoulder from 4, 5, and 6 yeah. that trying well, to play the other it's the other weird, because if, if you go back and actually play RE4... It still technically has tank controls. Yeah, I suppose it kind of does. But it's not a fixed camera anymore. No. Because holding up makes him walk up. Holding back makes him walk back. Right. They are still tank controls, but they're just more refined compared to yeah. the static cam style. Mm -hmm. That's true. It's weird. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Cool, cool addition, Paul. <laughs> I do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> he still got his coat on. He's zipping up. Barry, you're alive. <laughs> oh, no, that was Jill. Jill, you're alive. You were oh, almost darn. a Jill sandwich. Goddamn. Hmm. Well, I guess that's all we good. got. It's, Paul's ready to check out Kevin and I. You checked out a while ago. Like, I, half just, hour ago. I, can't, I can't add anything else to this. I, yeah. I brought, you're not I a brought, man of the world like we are. I brought you guys to this space so that... You guys could have some glory too, because I feel like I have thrown in so much into this conversation. He's our shepherd, man. That you guys needed to kind of represent yourselves. So that's all I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I think our previous footage shows otherwise. Wow. 
<laughs> wow. Wow, what? So, that'll do it for this episode of the PTG Powercast. <laughs> Thanks for contributing. Yeah. Uh, if you guys got any topics you'd like us to discuss, yeah, by all always... means, how do you feel about trying to collect? If you're a collector yourself, just trying to collect in this landscape, like, what do you let look... us know. We really, like, genuinely, I, I want to talk to people who do what do you collect look for? now. I, what yeah. what, what I, catches your eye? Yeah. I genuinely want to know what challenges do you encounter with collecting nowadays? Mm. Yeah, or do one. you have any kind of issues that you're running into? If you were a longtime collector, what it was like back then versus how you feel about it now? Do you feel any different? Are there challenges that you have encountered? And how have you dealt with them or how have you over overcome those challenges especially since a lot of games now are going up exponentially in price yes. like when we were collecting it was a slower progression mm -hmm. of, of price increase now it's like they're jumping mm -hmm. so it's like how is that is that something that you guys are is it are noticing is it a deterrent yeah yeah how much is the, if it scares you away or does it make you want to go faster and find the stuff quicker mm-hmm mm -hmm. yeah I, I i want to find like a group of people and have a, an episode dedicated to i want to have yeah i want to have yeah. this conversation because i mean when i was putting together the collection there was literally a handful of games like well a couple handful of games that were like triple digit figures that did scare me, but I was at the point where I actually rushed to try to get them before they went Got up in price. Um, but now there's like probably double that amount of games now that are triple digits. So I mean, does that does that scare you away? Is that something that you've kind of thought in the back of your mind, like, wow, I don't think I'm actually going to complete the collection now because there's this many games that are so expensive. Or does it make you regret not starting sooner? Or that That's too, it. yeah. Like my ma my Magic Knight Ray Earth, yeah. I regret every every time that I passed on it, and now I'm I know I'm never gonna own it. I would definitely like to know like if there's any specific games that our our listeners have that yeah they definitely regret not buying it when either a it was new and they could have or at yeah. some point cheap and now it's just out of pro out of their reach. Yeah, know? like what happened with you with Scat, where you passed on it because it was what like. Twelve ninety nine. Yeah, twelve ninety nine. And that was that was too rich for your blood. Well, it was because I thought that I could find it cheaper. Um, little did I know that that was actually a rarer game. And uh, yeah. but unlike you with Imaginary Rare, Scat never reached. I, I found it again, <laughs> and I just had to pay about fifty two dollars versus yeah. the twelve ninety nine. So, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and then uh, on the other part of our conversation, what do you think? Or feel is the most influential system that for for you specifically, or that you feel was in gaming. Like like we said, for RPGs, the most influential I feel like was PS One. That's where mm. RPGs kind of kind of hit their stride. Yep. And it's started with a few you know it, it, footsteps in the SNES, and then went off to a, a full full blown sprint. Definitely on the PS One. I have nothing but the PlayStation One to thank for survival horror because yeah. honestly, even though it was around before that, you had so many damn good games of survival horror like Resident Evil and Silent Hill and Clock Tower that really started on the PlayStation. Fatal Frame was PS2, wasn't PS2 it? PS2 is also for, like, action games. Yeah, There's God of War. Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry. Stuff like that. Yep. Chaos Legion. I would say even pushing first-person shooters further, too. Stuff like Time Splitters. Oh, Halo. Xbox. For Xbox. Call yeah. of Duty. Yeah. 
I mean, it's it feels like every console builds upon it builds, builds builds a genre mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 But anyway, that'll do it for this. Hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter. Go to powertripgaming.tv. Takes you directly to this channel, a channel, which is ours. Would be ours, because if you're listening to this on iTunes, you're not on a channel. Are you're you right. feeling okay? I feel fucking great. Oh, okay, good. He's <laughs> slipping. I'm not slipping. You're slipping. I'm on a couch. You're a towel! <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, takes you directly to the channel where you can watch our Nest Quest, where we are plowing our way through the North American licensed collection. Of Nesking. As well as our side quests and... Catch my pizza! <laughs> oh, That's an inside joke no one's gonna get! Except it does, and I love it. There uh, you go. Uh, iTunes or Stitcher, if you're watching this on YouTube. Yep, search out the PTG Powercast. That's right. Yep. That'll do it. So that will do it. So next time on the PTG Powercast... You are listening with power! Because they weren't listening. I don't listening. know why you said next time. Because they weren't was, listening with power this time, was right? building up for you to say, you, give us topics. I, we already did. You literally just ruined it. Thank no, you. you ruined it. No, we I never. We have I will never solve ended. This. I wanted the glory of saying it once. I will solve this. You both ruined it. Shut up. It's over. Fine. He's got Dad. A, he's got a good point. <laughs> <laughs> This is my house. I'll do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ruin the ending. I'll ruin the ending all I want. It's fine. It's, I want to say next time I'm power trip. I want to say next time I'm power trip. <laughs> I paid a bill, right? I walked out my basement. It's my house. It's my house. I'm going to walk around my underwear. I'm walking around my underwear. <laughs> Why does your dad all of a sudden have a southern accent? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's why I laugh so much. <laughs> It's just I don't know, dude. Because power trip. That's why. Power trip gaming. Oh, I hope they listen to it and be like, "You're idiots." I wonder. I don't think your dad remembers doing what he did. I'm gonna remind him. But yeah. But just let him know. I. He's still scared. I personally will never ever forget that. That's such a good story. I will never ever forget that. Don't either, because I'm breaking up all damn time. Ah. It's our go-to joke. <laughs> oh, I love you, Dan. Right, I love kill you. It.